Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Brady B. And today we are asking the question, if I get a thought in my head, how do I know if it's from God or the devil or if it's just me? Yeah. Is that a fair question? That's a fair question. A lot determined, lots determined by what you are eating That's true. If you were eating psilocybin (laughs) mushrooms, it's not from God. Okay, we're just going to get that one right out of the way. If you, (laughs) but assuming that you weren't doing that, (laughs) now we have some questions to answer. That's right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, and so we're going to get to that, but first we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors, and we're back. Okay, so like we said, we're talking about. I think it's a question that everybody deals with at well, some time in their Christian walk. Yeah, the legitimate question is, uh, so I, I've, I've got this thing that I think God is telling me. How do I know it's really God? Yeah. I mean, have you had that in your life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have and there And there are times that <laughs> it's like I'm not hearing a voice and I'm saying, God, I want to hear a voice. I want you to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, that'd be way easier, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I, I've not found it easier. Well, no, I'm saying if you could hear a voice. Oh, Like yeah. if God would oh audibly gosh, just yeah. be like, here I am, Randy. Yes, it was me. <laughs> but that's not yeah. what, that's not how he chooses to work through us. Uh, no. Yeah. But not I, been my experience. But I, I think there's something kind of cool about that too, because it's like he's calling us to be, it's, it's not like we're just these little like servants that he tells to go do such and such it's like we're like in tune with who he is right he's calling us to like be like him not just to receive orders which i think is kind of cool why are you looking like that what's happening (laughs) (laughs) you went into deep thought mode in 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 a couple of weeks uh you are going to be going down a different path in your life. <laughs> and there will come a time when Abby looks at you and says, well, if I have to tell you, it's not worth me saying. Why it. did you have to turn this into like a learning experience for me? That's not well, what we signed up for. That's not I, what I, I woke up I tell for you today. what, it is a learning experience for me. And for the first time, I've always just blown that off and said, anyone something, tell me. Maybe there's something to the idea that we are supposed to be so in tune that uh, Mm. we don't actually have to say it. We should know. You're welcome that I've blessed you with this sage-like wisdom. I don't know that that's a blessing. Now I've got to figure this out at a different level. Yeah, sorry about that. I it's I can't help it. I can't turn off the thoughts, man. <laughs> and they just get me into more trouble than they do, like, actually make my life e- – well, they do make my life easier, but they usually make it harder first. The answer makes your life easier. The question <laughs> right. itself is a right. problem. And so, um, you know, kind of preparing for this episode, I think I pitched this one to Randy just a few days ago because we had a – we got a list of kind of podcast ideas yeah, that I've yeah, been stewing yeah, around yeah. for a minute. 
And uh, so we settled on this and I started, you know, studying it a bit. And one video that I really liked and I want to I want to pay credit to him is uh, it's an Alan Parr video where he okay. answers a very I mean, it's pretty much this concept identically, but he does it in like eight minutes, whereas oh, wow. we're going to do it in like an we're hour. We're going to do it in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I kind of wanted to like break down his structure of okay. he kind of said, like, is it from the devil? Well, here's what you need to know about that. Is it from God? Well, here's what you need to know about that. And then he just kind of left everything else to like, well, it's from you. But I okay. I, I want to kind of look at what he says because I think he makes a lot of good points. And I okay. added some things as well. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think we can dive a little deeper too. Um, but the first one he knocks out of the way is he just says, well, let's do the easy one first. Is it from the devil? Well, the <laughs> devil can't put thoughts in your head. So no, it's not from the devil. He cannot physically implant a thought in your head. But, but he can exploit your lustful desires or your weaknesses to get you to sin. Because so he kind of entraps you by what he knows about you. Okay. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That makes great sense. Right. Um, And so he, uh, he said, he said all that. And then he quoted James 1, 1 through 14, which I thought was Really cool. Let me pull that up. If any of you, uh, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ of the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your face, faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double is double minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed in the same way. The rich will fade away even while they go about their businesses. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to them, uh, to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And so it's not God planning temptation in us. Even the devil isn't planting temptation in us. That temptation's already there, but it's being exploited and we're being drug away. Interesting. I kind of dig that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah, sense, right? Yeah, it does make sense. And so that kind of triggered this thought in my head. What did, what did Satan do to Jesus in the desert? Yeah. Yeah. He was hungry. So he said, hey, uh-huh. it's something to eat. And Jesus was looking to make his kingdom known. So he said, okay. Prove it. You know, jump off this, uh, right. This, uh, uh, pinnacle. Just, just make it known to everybody right now. Yeah. Do some big yeah. wowing yeah. thing, you know, like blow our minds. And then Jesus didn't want to have, third one? Jesus didn't want to have to die. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So let's yeah. just evade that whole cross. So, then yeah, I'll give yeah, you all yeah. the glory I'll now. I'll give it all to you right now. You just bow down to me. Interesting. So he exploited Jesus's like human yeah. desires to not yeah. die, right, to need right. food. 
he's trying to build a kingdom and, and his kingdom. Let's make yeah. it happen faster. So you don't have to put in the work, you know, like he's, he's, he's Let's exploiting take a it. shortcut. It's all <laughs> shortcuts. Right. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Not that there was any sin in Jesus, but, but there was humanity. Well, the desires and that was exploited. Yeah, the right. desires were there. The desires aren't necessarily bad. Right, right. As long as you don't dwell on them, right? Right. That's right. part of it. And if being you human. satisfy them appropriately. Mm-hmm. And isn't so much of sin that 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 the desire is actually good, but that we, we but just the go sin overboard. Is, yeah. yeah, that we go about it in the wrong way and right. that becomes the sin. Yeah. And so that's the devil. I mean, I I think that's pretty straightforward. It's it's that He's not going to put it there, but he's going to use what you've already got. It's kind of the screw tape letters. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. have to do anything excessive. We just gotta we gotta let we him gotta mess it up for them. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I was just wondering. So, so <laughs> are you saying? Is uh, this fellow saying when you're thinking about uh, should I do this or not? If you'd really like to do it, then that's probably of the devil. Is that what he's saying? Well, I I don't know. I don't know that I'm following. Like when you say <laughs> if you want to do it, like a if bad the desire thing. is already in you. Yeah. No, no, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, eating bread was not a bad thing. Satan's temptation was to turn this stone into bread. But Jesus was fasting. Yeah. So it would have been breaking the fast that was the same. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like yeah. he had committed to the fast. Okay. So. No. And, and and likewise, the second one, like making a spectacle of himself, that wasn't the plan. Right. So right, he would have been right, going against right. what he had set out to do. Right. And so, like, I think that's the sin. It's not. Once again, it's the heart of it. Right. It's it, it, it's does it go against the moral yeah. of what of what's right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreement. We We good. For the time being. For yes. the time being. Okay. We're not, <laughs> he's not burning down the studio yet. We're good to not go. Not yet. Not yet. Um, second one, he said, is it from God? Yeah. And he broke that down into six ways we can hear from God. Uh, okay. And the first one, he said, read scripture. He said, this is one way to hear from God, um, but it's also how we discern whether a message truly is from God, right? Like if we hear from someone else... We can test it against the infallible scriptures. Right. To know, and infallible just means it can't be wrong. Right. Right. That that's our standard. Scripture is our one standard upon which we can test all things. Um, and so if we don't know scripture, if we don't read the Bible, we're missing out on hearing from God, but we're also missing out on being able to properly discern whether or not somebody else's message is actually from God. Um, the second one he says, he says the Holy Spirit says the Holy Spirit reminds us of what we already know to be true about God, that we learn about God through Scripture, right, through reading the true Word of God and knowing God. And then what the Holy Spirit does is that he He recalls that knowledge to us. Um, and he actually used John 14, 26 to back that up, and I was really glad he did. 14, oh, 26. it literally says that. Exactly. Um Hello folks, my name is Derek Greer and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th 
and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so he reminds you of, of what we've already known. And the Holy Spirit guides us that when we're reading scripture, that we are reading it accurately and, and learning, right? Okay. And yeah. so that's why when I was in a Bible college, I guess you could call it, um, we had to start all of our like big long study sessions when we were reading scripture with prayer that God would lead us in truth in discerning what was being stated here. Um, That we weren't just going off of our own, you know, willy nilly. Oh, this is what I want it to mean. But that we were making sure God was the Holy spirit was guiding us through that. Um, So yeah, that's the Holy spirit. The third one, he says uh, community. God can speak to us through the community around us. And, um, and that's why we need to be careful of who we surround ourselves with. We need to surround ourselves mm-hmm. with good Bible believing Christians that can speak truth into our lives rather than non-Christians who are going to just speak worldly desires into us, which that doesn't mean we can't have friends that are, you know, non-Christians, but we need to be careful of the advice that we take from people. Right. Yeah. Um. Now, once again, I added this and I think I, I I, I might have missed him stating this, um, but I, I added this to each of them that when you hit community, once again, you got to test what you're hearing from people against scripture, right. because just because they're good Bible believing Christians, there's plenty of things that good, sure. well-intentioned Christians say that aren't biblical. Right. We got to be careful. Right. And so test the things you hear. Um, preaching and teaching is another way. We can hear from God. We can hear through preachers and teachers among us. Um, once again, test these things. When you look at Acts 17, 11, it talks about the Bereans and how right, yeah, they, yeah. every time Paul would teach, they would go and they would take all of his words and they, they would, would test them against the scriptures. Scripture. Yeah. Right. And, and it's actually promoted. It's saying, no, this is good behavior. Don't just take our word for it. Go and test this against the scriptures. And make sure what we're saying is in accordance with what God is saying. Yeah. Uh, the next one says God speaks through circumstances and events. He says if we pray to God for confirmation, um, that if he's really like telling us something, um, to make it known, to, to help us see that that's true. And he said if you look at your life, kind of look at what doors are opening, what doors are closing, and are you being guided towards what you're praying about? Does this seem to line up with God? Um, once again, test this against scripture to make sure that it's not like anti-biblical, but if you're being guided towards that and it seems like your God is like pushing your life in that direction and it's biblical, that's probably from God. Right. Uh, and then the last one is prayer. And he actually made this point and I really liked it. He said, 
the reason he saved prayer till last, he said, not to like downplay prayer. Prayer is very important. He said, but I want to, I want to put this one last because it can be the most confusing because it's really easy while we're praying to kind of get our thoughts in the way and go, oh, was that from God? Was that from God? Prayer is just incredibly subjective. There's no objectivity to it. It's it's coming from within us. Right, right. We're, we're asking God for something. And it, if in that moment, you know, we yield and we're listening for God, it's really hard to tell what yeah. what's coming from where. And so once again, test it against Scripture. And that's why Scripture is at the top of this list. If you want to hear from God, read Scripture. Is it possible that God's going to prophesy to you that he's going to speak to you in a vision or a dream, or he's going to have a message for you that he's going to plant in your head, or he's going to send somebody to, to give you a message from God? Absolutely. Those things are all possible. But unless you know the word of God, you're never going to know if that is actually from God, right? Right. And so that's that's the difficult thing. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's kind of what I think he So do you want to work your way back through those six things? Yeah, I think we can. So let's talk about scripture. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've heard is, uh, or one of the things that I've dealt with over the years is I've had Christians come to me and, and uh, ask me, well, I'm trying to make a decision. Okay, what's your decision? Well, do I do this or do I do that? And one of the options is clearly contrary to scripture. Clearly mm. contrary to scripture. Why are you even praying about this? Scripture says don't do that. Why would you even consider that? Well, you know, uh, no, no, no. Uh, The more we know Scripture, uh, the easier it becomes to make a decision because so much of Scripture is just incredibly plain. Right. Absolutely. Um, But that kind of, okay, maybe before we go back through all these uh, can I talk about my third category? Because oh, okay, you're, you're sure. literally kind of bringing it up. Which oh, is the okay. reason oh why yeah, I'm yeah, asking, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Which, well, I've only got two points here, and they're pretty simple. Okay. Um, and that the question is: Is it my thought or my feeling? Yeah. Versus God's thought or feeling versus the devil's thought or feeling, right? And my my couple points I made here are: Is it in line with what you desire or what God would desire through Scripture? Like one thing that I hear a lot and and it's not uncommon living in church world, (laughs) right? you know, we're always in the church bubble. I hear people all the time. Yeah. I heard a, heard a word from the Lord. You know, the Holy spirits just lead me in this direction. But I always find it interesting, like that the Holy spirits just kind of always leading people to like a better job or more money or like a, a comfier situation. Or when I look at the Bible though, it seems like, the Holy Spirit puts people in like really difficult situations. Like it leads Jesus into the wilderness to go be tempted by the devil right. to like grow him spiritually. It doesn't lead him towards like comfort and simplicity, but into like a, a really difficult place. Right. And, you know, or Jesus tells the rich young ruler, you know, go sell everything you have and then you'll know that you can <laughs> truly follow me. Right. Then I'll know that your heart's in this. Whereas it's like, oh no, you know, I, I, I'm getting the Holy Spirit's calling me to this promotion over here. Like, and I see that so often, but I'm kind of like, well, is that really the Holy Spirit or is that you yeah. wanting it to yeah. be the Holy Spirit? Or like uh, the Spirit saying to Paul, Paul, who has spent his whole life 
learning how to be a good Pharisee, right. learning how to speak to Jews. And he totally thought God was leading him in that direction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the spirit says, go to the Gentiles. Dude, come on. <laughs> right. But in a way, Paul was like the perfect guy for that. Oh, yeah. Because he was a Roman citizen. Right. And so it's like he would have never suspected that, but God had been like grooming him for that all along. So at some point, we need to come back and we need to look at things like Paul deciding to go from Tarsus to Antioch and then from Antioch to the Gentiles and weigh down these things and see uh, how they use yeah, the six that's things. Interesting. That's interesting. Because, oh man, this one fits. <laughs> I got one more thing, and that was okay. just simply that the gods that people create generally reflect their own selves, their own beliefs, and their own desires. Okay, explain what you mean, the gods that people create. Um, idols, um, deities of other religions generally reflect humans. And so what I'm saying is, like, if somebody's not familiar with Scripture— then their version of the Holy Spirit's going to look a lot like what they would want for themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. if I don't know the Holy Spirit, if I don't really know him because I haven't met, I haven't encountered God in scripture, then my depiction of God's probably going to look a lot like me. Interesting. And yeah. so um, what I see biblically though, is that God generally challenges our human views that he, he uh, calls us to something more holy and out of line with our own thinking rather than just reinforcing our own preconceived notions. You know, in scripture, it says that, you know, uh, how does, how's it worded that, uh, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. Um, that, that we have our own views of how things really are. And then God has his own views. He says, my right. ways are higher than your ways. My right. thoughts are, are higher than your thoughts. Um, and so I don't think we should just presume that God is going to like think like we do on matters. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be calling us to something generally probably that's challenging, but that leads to holiness and righteousness. Not every time, maybe sometimes yeah. maybe it is in line with what we would like, but probably not all the time. Right. Like that's the thing. So, yeah. All right. So that's okay. All. Let's work our way back through those six things. So first of all, scripture, how do we go about grasping scripture then? Grasping scripture? Yeah. Like for what it really says versus what we think it says? Sure. Read contextually. Um, look at, recognize that the Bible wasn't written to you. It was written for you. As Ooh, in like yeah. the Bible was written to a sheep herder in <laughs> Israel. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm thousands of years ago, you are a person living in modern Indiana, Indiana, or, you know, if you're <laughs> our listener, you know, Indiana, maybe right. you're in Europe, maybe you're in Africa, wherever. But sure. my point is you're in a different time. Yeah. You're in a different time and probably a different setting, right? Nevertheless, scripture was written for you. Right. Because we're to read what is scripture, what, what is like, what the word is saying, what does that mean to that person that's being written to? Right. And then what's the lesson to be learned there by viewing that? It's kind of like, how could I say this? Um, like, for instance, like a Grimm's fairy tale, right? Mm -hmm. 
yeah. like Little Red Riding Hood. Now, now here's the deal. Do not think for a second I'm saying that that scripture is like a myth. I'm not saying that. But the way we find meaning in like a fairy tale is the same way we have to find meaning when reading a historical document. Right. Right. That. Um, all right, let's do a real one. Let's do a real one so we don't get down the like myth road. But like if I'm reading a letter from my great great grandfather who survived the Holocaust as a Jew or something like that, right? Um I wasn't there. Right. Therefore those same things aren't gonna apply to me, but maybe he expressed great endurance and kept a really yeah. positive attitude in really hard times. And so I can read that and go, wow, that really like got him through that. Maybe, maybe I should do that in hard times as well, even though the, our situations are different. Well, in essence, I, all literature doesn't have a certain amount of that. Right, right. Uh, all literature, it's, it's written maybe to a, a specific individual or group, but uh, we publish those things and other groups, other individuals read it because they can learn from it. Right. But like, you got to be careful. That, you know, when God tells David to like literally go to this city and do this thing, that's not God telling me to go to right. said city and do said right. thing. I've got to learn from the moral of that story. Yeah. I've got to learn yeah. from the truth that God's trying to convey to David or the truth about God that David is to learn. Okay. Yeah. So the second point is the Holy Spirit. You mentioned here that the Holy Spirit reminds us. Of what Jesus has said. So the Holy Spirit's going to work inside us to remind us of scripture that we've read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not, I, I'm not doing this to like knock on, you know, more of the charismatic movements in Christianity right now. Um, I would definitely disagree with some of the displays that I see of like the way the Holy Spirit is um, supposedly involved in various church services. And I'm not saying charismatics are not like Christians. I don't think that for a second, but I definitely don't think I agree um, on the way that the Holy Spirit's portrayed in like the experience of what church is. Because today it seems like when people talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like he's there to provide some kind of experience for us so we know that God is like tangible. But I don't think that's what I see in Scripture I see the Holy Spirit as this guide to like lead me into this like sober minded place and to like remind me of like what is true and what is good. He's not like this magical being that's like here to make sure that I feel really good when I hear good Christian music. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it does. I, I know that's it does. controversial. I know that's really controversial. And and here's the deal. I, if 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 the argument can be made biblically on why I'm wrong there, I'm totally willing to con concede on that. But I haven't found that argument yet. And that's that's why I stand there. So okay, yeah, okay. But but yeah, the Holy Spirit. He's he's one of the people of the Trinity. He's one of the three persons of the Trinity. He is God, and so his mind is God, and he's trying to lead us to holiness, not happiness. So, uh, what's the guy's name? Paul. Who that we're reading? Alan Parr. Alan Parr. Yeah. So he mentioned John 14? Uh, about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. John 14, 26. Yeah. John 14, 26. That's um, a long passage, Aaron. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit several times. I think that's the first time 
Then he mentions the Holy Spirit that'll teach you everything, remind you of everything that I've told you. And then he comes back and he does it again. Where is that? Um, John fifteen twenty six. I'll send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He'll come to you from the Father and he'll testify all about me. Right. So the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus says he doesn't talk about himself. He comes to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so, I mean, I think there's other functions of the Holy Spirit as well. Like it, it it's not only that he talks about Jesus, but like at Pentecost, he destroys the confusion among the people, right? right. If you look at, I don't know that I've said this on here, but I look at Pentecost as the anti-Babel that Babel was when everybody's languages became confused and they became scattered. And so they became many nations. But then at Pentecost, you've got the Jews and the Gentiles. You've got all these people from all these different lands, but now they all stand as Christians, as brothers and sisters. And he makes all their languages understood. He destroys the confusion among believers. And so it's like the anti-Babel moment where like God's people are brought back into one nation. And so I think he develops community between us as well, right? That he destroys confusion and, and he builds bridges and destroys these barriers between us. The third uh, thing that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit is John fourteen twelve that the Spirit leads you into all truth. And I think everything that you've said there is absolutely true. The Holy Spirit does come to unite us. I also think it's really interesting that the Holy Spirit is one of the most divisive things in the church today. Uh, Satan has used uh, the thing that God has given us to unite us, and he uses that to divide us. The person. The person. Yeah, not the thing. Well, it's tough, right? right? Yeah. And right. It's, it's culturally, we, for lack of a better term, um, the Holy Spirit is like the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity in the eyes of a lot of the church. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. Like, he's just kind of cast to the side as like not quite up to par with Jesus and God. But then when we talk about it, we're like, oh, no, no, no. He's a person of the Trinity. Right. But then like the rest of the time, we don't really revere him in that right, way. Right, That right. he is God. Like, yeah. he is the one true God um, acting in us. Right. Moving us. So one of the things the spirit does is to come to unite us. And the third point is community. Uh, it makes sense when you're trying to make a, a big decision to talk about it to your friends, to talk about it to people that you respect, ask advice. Not that they're going to tell you what to do, but uh, if you get all of your friends saying, I don't think that's a good idea. That ought to weigh. Well, so like I think we almost need to tackle community and preaching and teaching at the same time okay. because they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Preaching and teachings, teaching are like functions done for a mass group of people. That usually happens in the community. But community is like a conversation among people, whereas teaching yeah. is like one person talking to a bunch of people. Right. And so it's the same idea. It's just the the dynamic of how it's done. And what I see when I see the word community is the disciples. There's 12 of them, and they're making these decisions together. 
guided by the Holy Spirit. And the one that I'm sure we've brought up a million times on this podcast um, is the time that they made a decision of their own accord, which was electing <laughs> Matthias, right? Right. To be one of the, the, the apostles. Right. And you see that they elect him and then you never hear about the guy again, <laughs> yeah. which tells me it didn't work out. Exactly. But then who did God choose as the 12th? Paul. Paul. And so it's like, when we do things as a community without the prompting of, of God, without God being the central driving force of our decisions, um, we're not effective. And so we need to make sure that the community of believers we put around us put God first, right? The, the people we go to advice or for advice are putting God first before they commune with us. I think one of the other uh, functions of a community, when you're truly in a community, um, somebody in the community may be going through something. They get a chance to share. Uh, this took place in a small group that I'm a part of. Uh, somebody mentioned they had a, a really difficult decision. They explained it. And we just kind of sat around the table. Everybody uh, went around the table and gave their two cents. Then we held hands and we prayed. And I know the person that was trying to make the decision felt affirmed and felt some clarity in what they were thinking. And I think they did hear some new ideas because there was a community there. I don't think that community here is just, hey, let's send out a a survey to everybody in my church. What do you think I ought to do? Uh, there is a relationship to community, and it's in that relationship that sometimes you achieve clarity. It's not a cold, dry, yeah, out of 12 people I talked to, eight said do this and four said do that. It's we're in a relationship. Uh, these 12 people care about me. Uh, these pe 12 people express their opinion. And uh, I respect that opinion. I got three new ideas and was able to throw away two that weren't appropriate. I right. think that's the kind of thing that we're looking at there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, it's not this cold static thing, like you said, right? Because right. community can't be because right. relationships are messy, right? Um, but once again, I got to lean on the like, if, you, if you're using, um, if you're using the people around you's opinions to determine, you know, whether or not something is from God. At the end of the day, we got to line it back up with scripture again. Same yeah. with preaching and teaching. Right. And maybe we can lean on that now. With preaching and teaching, I don't know how many people um, don't actually read much scripture, but get 99% of what they know about the Bible from their like two preachers they listen to or one preacher they listen to. And that's really dangerous. Yeah, it is. It's really dangerous because you you don't really know what scripture says at that point. Um, that's not good. That's not good, especially when we think about what Paul said about the Bereans. Everything they heard, the Bereans heard from the, the uh, apostles' teaching, they would test it. And they're commended for that behavior. Like that's really, oh, absolutely that's really good that they do that. Yeah, yeah. How many people never do that? about anything they hear. They're just like, well, the preacher told me. And it's like, right. 
well, the preacher's wrong. <laughs> like the, the preacher said something really out of line with scripture and you need to know that, you know? Um, I don't know. That's that one. That one bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Thoughts. Um, we have so much access today and, and it's taken place in the last 10 years or so access to all kinds of preachers, access to all kinds of books, access to all kinds of teaching. And it's very easy to come up with differing opinions. Sure. Man, we've, that's where we've got to develop this ability of digging into scripture for ourselves and being able to say, no, that's not right. 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 Um, and I'll be honest, like the, the, the teachers I listen to a lot on YouTube, uh, or just, you know, whatever internet sites I can find them on, um, like a lot of the guys I listen to are of differing backgrounds. Like there's several Calvinist teachers I love. I think they're awesome. Am I a Calvinist? No, I'm not. I disagree with some of the concepts of Calvinism. Um, at the end of the day. They're Bible-believing brothers and sisters yeah, in Christ. Right. Um, I've got some guys that probably fall more on the Arminian side. Um, <clears throat> there's there's people from different walks of Christianity that I can listen to where I know if you put them all in a room, they'd all have things that they'd want to argue with each other about. But at the end of the day, I can listen to those guys, and the things they're disagreeing about are not central. Right pillars of the Christian faith. They're in agreement on those things. Yeah. It's secondary issues that they're disagreeing over. And I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. And you should be too. Yeah. Um, but then it's so amazing to me how the comment section, I'll be watching like a Calvinist teacher and somebody will be in there and be like, this is heresy. You're going to hell. And I'm like, <laughs> how is it heresy? Like, what are they saying? That's heresy. And if you are listening to me say this right now, please, please write this podcast and tell us why it's heresy. We would love to dissect that. Please. Um, that's an interesting topic. And if, if we're just, if I'm misinformed, please let me know. Um, but we can disagree on stuff, but, do you have the pillars right? Well, then good. It looks like you're all reading your Bibles. That's what I'm saying at the end of the day, right? And and I can test what they're saying against Scripture and their brothers and sisters in Christ. That's yeah. what it boils down to. Um, Circumstances and events. This one's weird. Um, yeah. I mean, we've talked about – I had one. I had a dream back when I was not living right. I mean, this would have been some years ago. And I won't, once again, I won't go into like what all happened in that dream, but I pat here, I, here was me actually taking my own advice, even though I was a really bad, maybe not even Christian at that point in my life. Um, if I was, I was a very bad one. Um, but I had this dream and I woke up and I was like, that was from God. Like that was the first thought. Like, yep. And I was like, dude, I think I got to be a, like, I've got to be a pastor. Like, I think this is what God's telling me. And I went and I talked to a preacher friend of mine and he kind of walked me through it. And I sort of just didn't do anything about it for like a year or two. And I just read my Bible. 
And I kind of passed it off to the side and was like, maybe this isn't from God. And I was totally okay with it not being from God. I was like, maybe this is just me. Like I ate some bad tuna or something, you know, I don't know. (laughs) But then some months later, I'm reading my Bible. And the whole topic of what this dream was, boom, laid out almost word for word scripturally. And I go, okay, it's from God. Like it's in the Bible. Like that's not, it can't not be from God, right? Like this is a biblical concept. This is true. This is good. It's right. I'm it's from God. Like it was confirmed at that point for me. Um, but I was okay with waiting and I was okay with it not being from God, but I was going to test it first. So I have, uh, friends, um, for uh, 40 years, I worked in a mission agency, and part of what we did was, part of what I did was interview people that were coming into the mission. I remember talking to one person, and, and uh, I asked them, how did they know they were called? And they said, well, I said, I was dealing with the question, should I go to, let's pick a country, Colombia, should I be a missionary to Colombia? And I was wrestling with that. I was praying about it every day. And I open up the newspaper, and the headline is a headline from Columbia. I thought, huh, that's interesting. And uh, the next day, I uh, meet a new person at work. Hey, where are you from? They said, hey, I'm from Columbia. Uh-huh. And just circumstances and events. They just kept meeting people, seeing things, hearing songs, and it all just kept coming back to Columbia. And they said, finally, I opened myself up to the possibility that maybe God is calling me there. And then they started going through all of the other things, uh, scripture to scripture. Have you God as missionary? Sure, it does. Uh, community, what was the community saying? Preaching and teaching, what were they hearing? So they went through the other things and everything kind of lined up. Right. And they said, uh, no, I'm, I'm called. This is it. And like being called to Columbia is like a relatively like, like moralistically it's gray, right? Like it's not, it's not good or bad to be called right, to Columbia. Right, right. Whereas if, you know, oh, I feel like God's telling me to kill that chicken over there for no reason, you know, like, <laughs> well, that's weird. That seems like violent and not yeah. probably good. Um, but you know, this is like, no, this is kind of gray. So there would be more discernment involved with that, right? You'd really yeah. want to be like, wait, is this God or is this just me? So right. good on them right. for really yeah. digging into that. That's cool. And in a, in a similar way, I didn't ever like in the middle of trying to figure all that out, I didn't really feel like all these doors were opening and stuff. But looking back, it's so evident to me. <laughs> like I went to college originally for music media production. I was in band all through school. I was in choir all through school. Um, I did like, uh, I hosted like convocations and did like stage performances. So um, I was, it was easy for me to talk in front of people. And it was like, I learned to play all this music. I finally feel that God's calling me. I confirm, yes, I'm being called to this. So I reach out to you guys here at New Hope and apply for a job for assistant uh, worship Worship leader. leader. But I have no degree in any of this. I don't have any because I'm a college or was a college dropout at the time, right? And uh, and oh, and I toured with a band for five years. So Jason asks, you know, 
well, do you have video of you uh, like leading worship? I said, no, but I can send you a music video. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I send him a music video and I get called in and we click and I get the job based off the fact that I was like a touring musician for uh, a bit of time and I've got this big music background. And so it's like, okay, well, he seems to know his Bible enough to talk about this and, and he gets, you know, what, what this is about and he can play music. Okay, cool. But then like, I was good talking in front of people and stuff. It like it, 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 like God just pushed me like all these things from my past had like New been building open doors. Me. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like God's plan all along was this, <laughs> but it, I tried and tried and tried to do what I wanted to do. Right. And then God's like, Oh, you thought you were going to do all those things. No, <laughs> no, I we're going over here, buddy. And so like looking back, it's like God had a straight line and I'm the one veering off right, trying to right. go left, swerving left and right. <laughs> yeah. But, but even while I'm doing that, he's using those things. Even. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, was it Kinlaw? Yeah, it was. Dennis Kinlaw yep. says, I feel like I'm getting jerked this way and this way and this way and this way. It's just this zigzag. Right. But when I look back, it's just a straight it's a line. straight line. <laughs> I see that, dude. Like, yep. I totally see that. So, yeah, sometimes I think it's in retrospect, like in hindsight, yeah. I guess I should say, yeah. rather than, yeah. than in the moment. But so the sixth point is prayer. Yeah. This one's tough. I, I'll, I'll be honest. Never in a moment of prayer have I felt like God, like, told me something. Right. Never once. Yeah. But I don't really look at that as the point of prayer. I'm requesting something to God in that moment. And I yield and I make room for God to speak still. I still try and make that a practice. But, like, I don't feel like he owes me to say something to me. Yeah. You know? Like, if he wants to, I want to be listening. But, like... I feel like I see him act around me rather than giving me like these promptings in those moments of prayer. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Which I don't know. That's kind of how I go about it. It's a time to go before God and ask him what I need. Um, and I try to be real. I try to really be careful not to just pray about me. I try to always start by asking, you know, for what, or thanking him for what he's already done for me and the people I care about. And uh, then I try praying for other people. And I usually try to land on me last because I can just, I can right. really hone in yeah. on that part. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so, um, yeah, but it, it, it can be, I think there are people, I've, I've heard a lot of Mormons um, when confronted with why they're not Orthodox Christians, um, confronting them saying, no, this is heresy. This is wrong. Um, they'll say, well, I prayed about it and God told me I'm right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but everything in the Bible says you're wrong. And they're like, well, I prayed about it though. So God told me I'm right. And it's like, but the Bible says that if that happens, then it's not really from God. Like, like there's literally an explanation for all these things on why it's wrong. Like, like no matter where you hit on that issue, this is all spelled out biblically. Yeah. Um, we got to be careful to take it back to the Bible. Once again, with prayer. If Definitely. God's telling you something in prayer and it's not in the Bible, probably not from God. Or let me be careful on how I say that. If it is going against what scripture stands for or goes in the face of something scripture says, um, or it goes against the character of God, then it's probably not from God because there's lots of things that aren't in the Bible. Right. So that's not a fair way of stating that, but yeah. So, let let me let me 
We have six principles here, scripture, Holy Spirit, community, preaching and teaching, circumstances and events, and prayer. Um, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, um, Barnabas and Saul are sent out from the church in Antioch to go and preach to the Gentiles. Now, that was brand new. That was something that the church never envisioned. Scripture. As you go back through the Old Testament, and especially as you look at Paul going through the Old Testament, he hones in on passages even from the Old Testament that talk about God's call to Israel to be a light to the nations. He actually uses that term, light to the nations. And Israel never did it. Israel, right. they struggled with with themselves. But Paul said, no, 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 no. Um, this is something we are called to do. The Holy Spirit. Acts 13, um, verse 2. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Dedicate Saul, Barnabas and Saul for the special work that I've called them to. Community. Acts 13.1 has the group of leaders. It names them Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manan, and Saul. A team of five people that were together in community that were praying together. So you come back to, to prayer. Um circumstances and events. Uh, they were outgrowing where they were in Antioch. They had tried to uh, really evangelize heavily Jerusalem and Judea, but the persecution arose and they were thrown out. There's circumstances and events. So you see each one of these things weighing on them at that point and moving them in a particular direction. Mm. It kind of plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. Well, it, once again, hey, and look at what we're doing. We're using scripture to determine <laughs> if what Alan Parr says about how God <laughs> speaks to us is actually right. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. This is very meta. We're, this is like inception stuff i like it <laughs> do you have a uh, what was that token that he used uh, yeah, uh, pawn, yeah my, uh, my, my, my my top is still spinning over that's here right. so that's good um second second uh, uh decision that paul had to make uh so the end of the first missionary journey the first missionary journey was the missionary journey of barnabas barnabas was clearly in charge they come back they go through acts 15 in Acts 15, Barnabas and Paul are a unified team. They stand before uh, uh, the church council, and the church council says, so the question is, is it legit to go straight to Gentiles, or should we be bringing Gentiles to be Jews first? And the church says, no, we shouldn't. Jesus died for all. 
We see from what he said, what he taught, what scripture teaches. Jesus died for all. So you can go straight to the Gentiles. End of chapter 16, they get ready for a second missionary journey. Barnabas says to Paul, uh, who now is going by the name Paul, his Greek name, not his Jewish name, Saul. Barnabas says to Paul, let's go back and visit the churches. Paul says, good. Barnabas says, I'll go get John Mark. And Paul says, not so good. John Mark had abandoned them in the middle of the first missionary journey. Uh, John Mark stayed with them through the island of Cyprus because John Mark knew Cyprus. He was part of Barnabas's family. Barnabas was from Cyprus. So when they finished up at Cyprus, uh, John Mark said he got to, uh, I forget the first place, Iconium. And uh, they were thrown out of the city and they were stoned. And John Mark said, uh-uh, not me. <laughs> I'm going home. Which is a pretty fair reason to not want to go somewhere. <laughs> it is. But, it is. But, you know, he, he chickened out. <clears throat> so Barnabas says, I'm going to go get cousin John Mark. And Paul says, really? Not with me, you're not. And they actually end up splitting up circumstances and events. Right. Where does Barnabas go? Barnabas goes back to his hometown, his, his island of Cyprus. Where does Paul go? He goes to Asia Minor. Where was he from? Asia Minor. Think about that, you know, circumstances and events. And so it's almost like, I mean, you could say God is using that that division among the two of them. Yeah. That disagreement. Yeah to take them each where they need to go. And then later, their relationship's mended. They're oh, good. Yeah. And it might not have even broken down their relationship. Right. It may have They just had been a, a strong disagreement. Right. But, dude, I can have a disagreement. Right. Uh, and, and still be friends with somebody. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> this is what I wanted to get to. Uh, they go to Derby. They increase the team. It's Paul and Silas. And apparently, um, Titus is with them because in the book of Galatians, Paul refers to Titus being with him when he was in Jerusalem at the church council. And apparently, Luke is with him too because in chapter 16, verse 11, um, we boarded a ship. Uh, Luke, the author of the, the of Acts, says, we. So he was with them at this point. Well, they add Timothy. So now there's five members on the team. And here's the thing. They go back to all the churches that they had started. And when they finish doing that, Paul says, we need to go somewhere else. So in verse six, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Asia would have been a little bit more to the north. So they tried to go north. No. Holy Spirit says no. Then coming to the border, uh, excuse me, that would have been south. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. 
again, the spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to go there. So they start out scripture. Should we be going and spreading the gospel? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Community, as the community sent us out, yes, the community said, go into all the world. Uh, circumstances and events. We're moving down this road. Um, actually, uh, the circumstances and events kind of formed this new team. And what Paul is doing is he is following the road, the marked trails that the Roman army has left behind. And he's going to major cities, brand new cities that are cropping up to service the military, Roman military that's coming by. Uh, Roman military traveling, doing things like buying food, buying tents to sleep in. What was Paul? He was a tent maker. Buying leather goods, shoes, and, and whatnot. So all of these cities are cropping up. Paul is going to him. He tries to go south, and the Spirit says, don't. He tries to go north, and the Spirit says, don't. He keeps on going and uh, gets to Troas, where the, the, the road ends. Uh, that night he has a vision. And in the vision, a man from across the water from Troas in Macedonia says, come on over to us. There's not a road, but there's a boat. Find a boat and come on over. And so he does. Here's the point. He continues to follow these items, but there's a new item. Paul doesn't stop. Paul keeps going. And the Spirit stops him from going through a door that, frankly, he could have spread the gospel in Bithynia. He could have spread the gospel in Asia. But the Holy Spirit had other ideas. And the most successful time of Paul's ministry is what happened in Macedonia after he listened to the vision. So sometimes we can suffer suffer from analysis paralysis. Yeah. And I honestly do think when we're trying to make a decision, we weigh all these things. We make the best decision available to us and we start moving, but we keep praying. We keep listening. We keep asking God, is this the right path? And Paul heard two no's before he finally found his yes. How guilty is the church world for all any of you uh, church staff people out there how guilty is is church of that analysis paralysis that yeah. we can get so stuck in the rut of, let's talk about this more let's let's make another committee <laughs> right right yeah man we'll, we'll make a committee for anything uh but but yeah sometimes it just takes let's let's try and make sure that this is god's will now mm-hmm. let's start moving forward yeah. But let us be very aware of any kind of prompting that he sends Let's us that this listening. is not yeah. his will, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, or that we need to head a different direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Sometimes then I think we end up doing things not because we have this 
profound sense of God has called me to this. But we know it's right. The events have worked in a way. The circumstances seem to point in that way. Um, so let's start doing it. And let's just see what happens. Let's see if God blesses or if God speaks to us and says, you know what? Don't do it there. Yep. Yep. Amen. Anything else? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure there is. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about this for three days. I mean, yeah. we could come back and talk about this more if we wanted to. Don't we send this, say this at the end of every episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Well, we're, we're just we're scratching both, the surface. We're both really good at rambling. And so <laughs> it's it's a miracle anyone listens to us at all. But, Boy, you know, tell you. thank God. You know, it's great. Um, my main takeaway from this, from the whole shebang, is... If you're afraid that the devil's planting things in your head, he's not. You're just a sinner. He can't. <laughs> he yeah. can't. Yeah. But you're a sinner. And yeah. uh, well, as a believer, as a believer. You right? plant your own stuff in yeah, your head. Yeah, you plant really bad things in your own head, and then he exploits those things. Yeah. So is it from me or is it from God? That's the big question. Yeah. And the best way to know that is know yourself, know your own heart. And get to know the heart of God. And the right. only way to do that is through Scripture, is by getting to know God through Scripture. There we go again. And it's the only way to discern whether or not the other influences that may or may not be coming from God are really from God. The Bible tells us if an angel walks in and starts professing a gospel, if it's different from the gospel of Scripture, then it's not an angel it's from heresy, God. Yeah. It's heresy. And so, like, Everything we hear, we test it against Scripture. We have to be incredibly careful of that. You got a one-string banjo. Study your Bible. Study your Bible. It's, study your I, Bible. It, had we said that for an hour, it would have been really boring and and not cool. <laughs> like, but like, really though, read your Bibles, kids. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the the whole the whole shebang. Um, and it is hard. It is hard to understand what's going on in scripture all the time. But the more you read it, the more familiar you get, um, the more it starts to click with you, the more things you start to remember about it. You know, thinking back over several of the podcasts that we've done, we've done interviews, uh, faith stories, and we've talked to a lot of people who have made drastic changes in their lives and they've gone through some, uh, uh, iteration of these six ideas. Yeah. 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 I think he did a really good job. So kudos to Alan Parr for kind of laying out a skeleton for us to dissect here. I kind of like that. Uh, if you Love haven't that. checked out his channel, it's the beat with Alan Parr. It's on YouTube. It's great. He's awesome. Um, and uh, thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, if you got questions, you can send them to questions at becomehope.com or salty saints at becomehope.com. Make sure to go on over to lifeaudio.com and check out all those podcasts over there. They got tons of awesome podcasts. There's some great podcasts on understanding scripture there, too. There absolutely are. There are lots of podcasts on lots of topics, something that will surely fit your needs. Um, and thank you to them for partnering with us. Um, until next time, stay salty. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. 
I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.